Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome on Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor of about a dozen years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. This is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach. I run Strength Guild, USSF, Live for Hope, a bunch of other stuff. I'm also a competitive powerlifter and Highland Games athlete. Sweet. And hey, everyone, today we have Melissa Trainer. Melissa, can you just uh, introduce yourself very briefly in a sentence or two? Hi, I'm Melissa Trainer. <laughs> um, I do, I haven't yet competed in powerlifting. I just thought I would throw that out there, but I do do powerlifting. Um, I've done some stage stuff, physique, I guess you can call it, because I've done fitness model, figure, bikini. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me, mixed martial arts, a little bit of, yes, CrossFit as well. So all over the place. Right on. Well, our, I think our topic of the day might veer a little bit into CrossFit. Um, but first, just a news bit or two. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Um, I'm going to limit this quite a bit here, uh, just, uh, out of sake of time, but this one I just heard about on Sci-Fry, Science Friday. Some listeners know that I, I'm sort of geeky like that and I, and I listen to that. And so you don't have to, if you don't want to, although if you do, I mean, you like podcasts, I suggest it. I mean, but anyway, what they'll do is sometimes when a new finding comes out that has anything to do with muscle or nutrition in some way, um, I'll listen to it. You know, I'll listen in. And here's one you might want to check out. This is from um, September 19th is when it was published. Artificial sweeteners might sour your microbiome. So a little backstory: Last summer, this past summer, I was down at the ISSN meeting where I was uh, chatting with Melissa. And there was a booth down there. And the woman at the booth, I think they were selling one of those new uh, probiotics that can withstand heat and they can put it in coffee and whatnot. And she was saying how certain, um, sweeteners just wreak havoc on your gut bacteria. And these are new findings, uh, even since then. So in other words, I don't think it was a fluke. I mean, she was stating that sucralose, which is actually my preferred artificial sweetener, um, just kills, you know, a lot of your gut bacteria. And I wondered what the impact really was. So this this is news straight from the horse's mouth, kind of. It says, researchers say artificial sweeteners may alter the microbiome and the body's ability to con- um, control blood glucose levels. So the c- concerning thing here that they were discussing, and again, please go listen to it, was that, well, how do these things have an impact on your ability to metabolize carbs? You know, they don't get in. You know, they're not absorbed. They just sort of sit in your gut. But the idea that they change the different populations, you know, maybe some of the quote unquote bad bacteria go up and some of the more beneficial ones go down. Um, anyway, uh, that may have some type of physiologic crosstalk with the rest of your body uh, and you almost start looking pre-diabetic. 
So uh, it's almost like that try to fool Mother Nature. I mean, how many times in the food industry have they done that? You know, oh, let butter back in the day. Butter was bad. So let's make trans fat margarine to replace that bad saturated fat butter. Well, oops, that didn't work very well. You know, and, and I think this might be another one. Uh, it's always a joke in my family that my call, calling card is half a packet of Splenda laying by the coffee pot because I only, only use half. But partly it's because I don't want to sickly sweet coffee i think most people they want things so sickly sweet that's why they're over consuming these artificial sweeteners or high fructose corn syrup or whatever you know whatever their poison is so um anyway yeah september 19th uh sci fry just google it artificial sweeteners might sour your microbiome uh and check it out it's just brief you know they're not real long uh episodes i got some news oh uh, I, I was gonna short. ask you did you hear about the olympia further or oh just you mean like who won yeah i didn't even hear about the placings and everything i guess yeah, Phil Heath won Phil again. Heath won. Mm-hmm. and he, he beat out kai again and I, I don't know what the points was but uh yeah he totally he won out again and everybody said it was pretty expected but i saw just real um, quickly i saw something about uh kai green sort of rushed him and got in his yeah face they or... got in this little tussle on stage and it looked very the problem i had with it it looked very uh scripted Oh, no, no. So, I hope not. Um, yeah, it looked like they were trying to make a, a scene. They were bumping into each other while they were posing and stuff, and they kind of had this little face-off thing. Um, oh, my. Yeah, if, if that's so. true, I mean, that's just big-time wrestling. You know, so, I don't yeah, and wanna... then they separated them, you know, and then they kind of stare at each other and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, it looked kind of childish. but. All right. So what's, what's more worthy in the news then? Um, well, there were reports of – a small earthquake here in the Midwest, but I just want to let anybody, everybody know that wasn't it. It was me doing sprints for the first time in like 10 years. So, <laughs> no, okay. I, I got the strength guild games and I had to do sprinting and Oh man, I was wrecked. Really? Uh, it was good though. I, it felt, you know, my doctors told me after my hip that don't run, but I, so I didn't do that many. And, uh, I don't, I don't have any ill effects from it. Uh, good. Aside from my heart rate was up for about 30 minutes. Afterwards. Yeah. But no, it's good stuff. Too much tissue to supply yeah. all at once, you know. My wife was making fun of me. It's she was funny. like, man, you're you're faster than I thought you'd be for a big guy. But hey, yeah, was, hypertrophy, yeah. type two fibers are, are fast. <laughs> They're the fast twitch, baby. Yeah. Watch out, Usain Bolt. I'm coming after you, That's man. That's right. So absolutely. Let's get into this, man. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Well let's Melissa, let's get your um your origin story. I mean, obviously you're a fitness and wellness enthusiast and trainer and maybe even fanatic so how how did that all how did it start how did how'd you get into this um it's I've always kind of been uh very antsy all over the place kind of a person even before I really got into fitness so um it's it's always been in me and I think that's both a good thing and a bad thing in terms of where I'm at now fanatic is definitely um a very appropriate word <laughs> Um, because I do have a hard time staying focused on just one thing. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason I got into CrossFit, which I guess we will go over some CrossFit stuff after. But um, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing when I really, really got into fitness was I just completely turned my life around, stopped you know, doing what I was doing, and I just sat up one day and decided I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start eating well. And, and then it just kind of... Um, you know, kept going from there, um, ended up going to school for exercise science, um, while switched from business to exercise science. And, um, 
then I started to see a lot of the fitness competitions, like the old galaxy and, and stuff like that. And I was just like, wow, these, these, these um, women are amazing. What they do, they look great. They're so fit and athletic. And I just wanted to be a part of that. And I just kept going with, uh, learning more and more about the industry and about training and about nutrition. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of a very brief story of how I got into that. And I've always wanted to be a superhero. So that's, that's another Perfect. part of, yeah. And that, that makes you fit right in with our heroic yeah. theme. So, Excellent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you made a, a business out of this. Uh, what about your competition cred? If you, if yeah. you want to share um, a big, a big part of, I think I would definitely be a lot more successful in it if I could stay focused and I probably will compete again, to be honest, like the stage stuff. It's just to me, um, it, it's not exciting enough and that's why I've always wanted to do fitness and, and who knows, maybe I will. I'm, I'm only 33, so I'm not, uh, you know, not done yet, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I've, um, I tried a lot of different things. I, I do like um, bikini and fitness model a little bit more. Not so much bikini, more the fitness model because you can add personality. Okay. Um, physique is pretty cool now because it's – I never wanted to do bodybuilding. I just – not that I don't think it's amazing and they work really hard. It's just it never appealed to me. Um, I did like the routines but uh, – yeah, I, I like the fitness model competitions and, and stuff because you get out there and it's less rigid. You can add personality and, and, and sass to what you do. So, um, yeah, and I've just – I've done a little bit of figure as well and, um, yeah. Like local uh, uh, state-level competitions <clears throat> or uh, – well, you're yeah. you're Canadian, right? Yeah, I'm, I, so I'm up in Canada. provincial things? I'm, how do you guys break it up up there? I'm not even sure. Yeah, it's different. Well, there's so many, I mean, across the board, even in the States, there's a lot of different federations. Um, in Canada, we have like, we have OPA, which is uh, the lead up to CBBF, and then which leads up to becoming IFBB Pro and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just I was just curious how, how it worked up there. I know we have a lot of Canadian listeners, or even on a Canadian podcast network. And, and with Rob coming and going, you know, over the past couple of months, it's hard to you know, get info from him about that sort of thing. That's all. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a really long process. I think it's different. I, I'm not too familiar on, um, you know, the road to IFBB Pro in the states goes if there is as many steps. But uh, up here, it's you know, you've got like, um, oh God, what is it like? Regionals, provincials, Canadians. Like, there's probably about like five steps before you can even get to you know compete at the Arnold's and then the Olympia and and going for your IFBB. So there's a lot of steps um, sure. that go into it. I don't know what it's like in the states if it's just you know you guys have one or two competitions and then you go and compete right. for your pro card. But well, if I assume and if we have fitness competitor uh, you know women who are listening they can correct me but if it's like bodybuilding oftentimes you'll just have to place in the top two in what's called a national qualifier you know and then yeah. if you've got any brains you don't go whole hog you choose like the junior usa the junior nats you know and then you, it's similar you know it's a tiered kind of thing you prove your medal as you sort of you know work up in a way at yeah. these national qualifiers well, so. everything i've heard too it's a lot of politics too <laughs> you know it's who you know almost as much as anything else yeah Absolutely. well there's always comments even back in the days of tom platts and those guys you know sort of pay your dues like you could look flipping amazing and if nobody knows who you are 
It depends, you know, how well received you are. But yeah, if somebody's been in that contest two or three times and they know the promoter and, you know, and the judges are used to them, you know, that's where I think sometimes there's some politics because it's subjective. You know, it is. Well, and aside from that, it's it's even just like you mentioned with the Olympia, you know, it's who's going to bring in the more money. It's a business. Right. Mm. And that's what I think a lot of people um, a lot of people forget. And and a lot of people don't want to play the game. And and that's fine, too, because it is it's it's very subjective and it's Mm. a business. And it's like looking great is one thing, but it's what are you going to do for them? How Mm. are you going to make them money? Are you going to which I find very odd because a lot of these things are, um, you know, they're promotion companies, they're promoters. Yet mm. as an athlete, you have to promote them in order to do well. And um, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Aren't you the promotion company? Aren't you supposed to be helping me out here? Mm. Isn't isn't that right. isn't that your job? So um, it is. There's a lot of politics involved. And, and uh, I get really passionate about a lot of that stuff because – um, a lot of girls to allow themselves to get taken advantage of, but mm-hmm. right. Well, um, we've actually made some comments before. Rob and I have heard some absolutely heinous things out of judges, you know, that were judging yeah. fitness competitions about how they actually pick which lady wins. And it's like, oh my god, if someone judged me like that after I dieted for twenty weeks, I'd kill them. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not looking at this like the sport it's supposed to be. You know, they're Absolutely. just looking at their their rear ends at, as sex objects or something. And it's like, oh, my God, you guys, please clean your act up. Or, you know, Rob and I have seen yeah. that guys drunk. Uh, and, and this is very high level stuff, too. You know what I mean? So I don't want to make it sound like it's all dirty or, or subjective in that way. But uh, I have seen even the last time that I competed, uh, there was sort of these retinues of, um, you know, these little like clicks of people who clearly knew the promoter, you know, and many of the judges, and um, they scored very well in the show because the the promoter or, you know, somebody involved with the show was their quote-unquote trainer or quote-unquote nutritionist, you know, and, you know, they kind of run around in these little cults of personality kind of thing, and it's like, okay, I kind of see what's going on here. So. Yeah, and there's there's so so much of that. It's not even funny. Like with the whole industry in general. And again, I'm not. I love it. I both love and hate it. Isn't and, that funny? Again, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that's why. But I've never gone. I've kind of gone into it um, with a different mindset than a lot of people. I didn't do it because I wanted to be famous. And my only goal was to become a um, you know to get my pro card. Which most people, it's like, do you even know what that means? Mm-hmm. Um, and what that entails and how much money and and health and everything that you're going to sacrifice in order to get that for for what do you know for what um you know or to get the cover of of a magazine like that wasn't that was never my goal so mm-hmm. as far as as far as how I've done in in the industry in terms of that I'm I'm like I'm satisfied I'm I'm okay but I do want to compete again because I am competitive mm-hmm. but um yeah, it's just it's crazy to see a lot of the people. It's it's business, and you know it's it's who can put on the best show, who's going to draw the crowd, who's going to create controversy. It's like that with everything, right? Not right. Just, not just this stuff, but it, everything's WWE. And it's funny that you said that because most people compare just about everything to that. Right. Yeah. So, well, on, on the positive side too, it for many people it is a higher purpose. You know, there's no question. I mean, when I decided to compete. Uh, in my early 40s, it's a courage test. It's proved to myself one more time that I know how to do this. You know what I mean? It's to learn what guys are doing backstage. 
Uh, but it drove my training. You know, I mean, when you're about 16 weeks into a diet, um, you better, you know, the, just the thought that you're going to be in your underwear in front of a thousand people on a stage, you know, that's going to drive mm-hmm. you to keep getting back on that treadmill, you know, and I feel I'm sure it's similar with you with the weights. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, you uh, it does drive yeah. sometimes that higher purpose, even if someone doesn't feel like they need to be validated by competition. It helps. You know, it does. It does. Yeah. Yes. And there's definitely a rush to it. And it's, it's, you know, some people try to compete against other people, which is completely useless because, you know, you don't, you don't have their genes. You don't have their, this, you don't, you're not them period. Yep. End of story. But it helps you to just kind of be a better version of yourself too, which I like. And it's, you know, um, a lot of people will say bodybuilding this and bodybuilding that and, and whatever, but it's, uh, you know, it is. It's about sculpting your body and, and trying to make your body the best you possibly can. And however, mm-hmm. some people choose to do that is their own prerogative. But that's um, great advice. You know, and it's true between. I think that's one of those things that's common to bodybuilding and powerlifting is you're just going to be better than you were before. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. that's where you feel that rush and that success. It, 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 because I competed in open competitions, there was nothing that would have kept somebody from coming in just a head shorter than me in my weight class with skin like pink cellophane you know because he's using gh and god knows what else and i'd be like oh you look badass (laughs) but that's not me that's i can't do that i can't do that yeah (laughs) but you know more power to probably be dead in about three years so good luck with that and uh i'll just keep doing it the right way and keep going for much longer thank you very much yeah well and you know i just wanted to be either bigger or leaner than before just like phil you want to i know you've had that lifelong quest to get 800 Mm -hmm. pounds off the ground you know (laughs) Yep. And I think it's going to happen. Uh, but yep. that's it's become like a, almost a life story for you on, on your yeah. training career, you know. Yeah. So and if somebody else comes along, and I don't know, I doubt it would happen, but let's say they pull 900 pounds off the floor, you'd be like, that's badass. You go, man. Yeah. You know? yeah exactly. It's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. Let's, let's go to break quickly. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about our topic, which is macho muscle. And if you're wondering what that means, stick around. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press and Protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter, 
Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, we are back, and we are with Melissa Trainer, and we're going to talk in the topic of the day about macho muscle. And what I mean by this was there was just an email exchange that Melissa and I had about how just it seems like everything is going to high intensity for hours every day. Um, and I know, Melissa, you're questioning whether or not that was a good thing. I don't know. Is this a spe- more specifically about the CrossFit trend, uh, or is it just an attempt, you know, to be, uh, you know, to burn so brightly you don't care about the long term, you know? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, and and it's. I, I'm not a CrossFit hater by any means. It's. I think people just don't understand what it is. Like, um, I think there's a lot, some aspects of it that I just look at it and I'm like, what? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, and and why are you doing that? There's no rhyme or reason to it. But I mean, again, it's it's a sport, and you know, I, I'm I'm not a hater by any means. It's just know what you're getting into and why you're doing it and the repercussions of doing it as well. So. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think, um, you know, and, and myself, I can, I can say these things because I've done over the years, a lot of incredibly stupid things, but, um, you know, I, have learned from it and I think that, um, definitely makes me, uh, you know, able, able to have a voice on this stuff, but everything from, you know, it started out with P90X and, and all this other stuff. And it just 45 minutes to like three hours of high intensity, everything, you know, the obstacle course training, everybody wants to be a military um, boot camp, this and, and, you know, hardcore this all the time. And if you're doing anything other than that, then you're a loser and you suck and you're weak. And mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like, you are going to die. <laughs> Yeah. You are going to kill your nervous system. Your brain is going to be fried. You are going to have no muscle mass. You are going to be weak, and you're not going to be able to walk when you're 45. So, settle down. <laughs> right. And yeah. and that's kind of my that's my very brief. I can I can rant about this for for a long time, but uh, there's just I don't think there's a benefit to it. And again, it's like you know doing it once or twice is cool, but to be doing it all the time is it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You know, I was just, no... I was just chatting with my son about this, but my earliest uh, recollection of this trend was, like you said, watching people do crazy things, you know, and I was hearing a story about some people running like two miles with an Olympic bar over their head or something. I'm like, what <laughs> the hell are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and then they make Seriously. it, they kind of make it into a sport, 
you know, and it's yeah. like, I, and this is something, you know, my son's getting into, you know, weight training and that kind of thing. And, um, I don't want him to have to see some of the crazy stuff that dad is just like you said, Melissa, you know, there's some, you do some brutal things to yourself on multiple levels, you know, to compete at any kind of level. And, but anyway, so we are talking, so like, we're like, okay, so they're not strongest, like the power lifters. They're not biggest like the bodybuilders. They are not the most, you know, endurance proven like the runners. And so they made um, a sport and a value system out of mediocrity in a way. I hate to say that because they're amazing in what they do, I suppose, you know, like the combination of all this. But they're not extreme in any any one thing except the uh, self-abuse, I guess. You know. Yeah, and I think I, I think that that's where, and again, where I'm not I'm not a hater. I'm I'm definitely not because it's just people, uh, people don't fully understand what. It, and I mean, I'm not the creator of CrossFit, so whatever. But um, what it is, and it, it is a sport. That's mm-hmm. the thing is, it's not. You know, you look at powerlifters even, and a lot of it when you go into the competition, you look at their backs and you're like, I, you know what I mean. But you can't. Yeah. That's the sport. Right. And, and, and that's the thing is no going into it. And CrossFit was designed to pretty much be, you know, a a jack of all trades and Mm -hmm. sucking at a lot of stuff and just doing a lot of things. Yeah. So the biggest problem I have with it as a coach is it's the getting people that like, they come in with this mindset and it's like, okay, we're squatting today. So they'll slap 95 on the pounds. They'll do 28 reps. And then they're like, okay, what's next? 105. And they just like, slow down, man. Settle down. We're training. You know, (laughs) Take a breath. It's okay. I mean, because then my girls come up and they slap two more plates on than this dude has. And they do a few reps. And they're like, wow, she's strong. Yeah, she sits down and rests for 30 seconds. Like, come on. Yeah. Right. Um, Everything isn't about getting your heart rate up and sweating. That doesn't mean you're having a good workout. Like, there's a new place here in town that their whole tagline is like, burn 1,400 calories in an hour. And it's like, well, holy crap, I could sit you on a freaking treadmill and have you do that if we wanted to, you know, if that's the whole goal and things. But as a sport, I mean, the thing is, CrossFit as a sport, I mean, I coach some people that are at a fairly high level. Like, one of my girls just went to Granite Games and stuff like that. And it's it's misunderstood, I think, by the haters. Yeah. The people doing it at a high level are training like it's a sport. You know, they, they really are. Um Exactly. You know, there, there's there's periodized program to, okay, now I'm training my skills. Now I'm training my this and that. Okay, I need to get my endurance up. You know, at the local level, it does get a little crazy. You know, at the, I don't know, gen pop level or whatever you want to call it, it's like it's every day's a competition. At the athlete level, they, they, they know a little more by then. Um, the people going high in the games and stuff like that aren't training like that from what I've seen. Well, I think that that's a big thing too. I know that from like mixed martial arts, that's – there's such a huge crossover. It, it's not as bad anymore, but it was a lot of um, a lot of mixed martial artists were using CrossFit to train for their sport, and it's like that's not what you do. You pick one or the other because they're two different sports, yeah. right? And and so people would burn out even more. And and I think that that's a big thing that people do is they'll use CrossFit to train for a sport or for health and fit, you know, just general well-being. And yeah. it's like, that's, that's not what, that's not what it is. It's you know, not... I think by definition, it's non-specific. you know, and there's a well, specificity rule with some of these sports, you, you know, you obviously now mm-hmm. for general physical preparedness. Yeah. I could see doing that for a while, but ultimately, yeah, you've got to practice at your sport. <laughs> I would think. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that was also 
a lot of that misconception is Glassman's fault. You know, the guy who started. I mean, his one of his original things was he came out and he's like, we can make the best athlete, anybody the best athlete. You know, he tried to bring in, he brought in that that downhill skier and stuff like that. He brought in all these people that under the CrossFit fold that had never really done it, but now they're saying that's what we used. You know? Okay. I mean, like yeah. you can't tell me. Uh, I can't even think of his name now. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and does the CrossFit football thing. Huge, just jacked. And it's like, dude, sorry, you didn't do CrossFit to make it to the NFL. I, I know better. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he'll tell you behind the scenes, no, man, I didn't do it. You know? Absolutely. So. And the other thing is, too, with a lot of these endurance people who are just like cyclists or runners or whatever, yeah. and it's like you add anything to something. And if you've never lifted before and you're doing CrossFit and all you did was, was run or cycle and you've all of a sudden lifted some weights – yeah, you're running and your cycling is going to get better. It's called lifting some weights. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and I don't know. I just, I, I'm a big advocate of, um, strength and conditioning and sport, not strength and conditioning as a sport. Yeah. If, if, and I think that that's kind of where they went with, with that and, and turned it into that. And, um, training is training. Competition is competition. Yeah. Um, any athlete knows that you can't train at competition level year round. Or you just burn out. Right. Or you never reach a real competition level. You know, the peak is the peak. You just can't stay there all the time. You know? Yeah. And, you know, the whole point of training is to slowly reach that area. And then it's, okay, now it's go time. I mean, if, if that was the way to do it, then all fighters would do is they'd five, six days a week, they'd go have a fight. You know, football players would just play 10 games a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not how it's done. You know, you... You train to get better for competition. Well, that's the phrase, um, I think, Melissa, that you said that stuck in my mind, which was, you know, all intensity all the time. And by definition, a peak is peaking your intensity toward uh, optimal performance, you know, Mm -hmm. and you you can't be like that all the time, no matter how macho you feel. And you know what, Melissa, you've got a business background, so I'm sure you can appreciate this, but I grew up through my teen years and early 20s in very traditional martial arts settings. And I think CrossFit has borrowed a lot of that, where it's a team effort on a lot of levels. The senior people help the junior people, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's that almost camaraderie club-like thing. And you get this on the local level, I think, where I think that uh, was key to making this take off because people felt like they were part of something. They suffered yeah. together, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and almost like war buddies or something. And, you know, I, I don't want to overstate that but you get the point that sort of mutual uh suffering you know misery loves company kind of thing and then they can all feel like they're part of some um sacrificing self-sacrificing team yeah. you know and i just think that's part I, of it myself i've I, i'm not afraid to admit that i have the whole it, it's taken me a long time to pull back from that because i am mm-hmm. very very competitive and um I have that, like, don't you tell me I can't do something. Yeah. I will do it 6,000 times a day for whatever. And I went through my period of that. Yeah. And, again, that's that's why I, I feel like I, I'm i absolutely able to, you know, chime in on this because I went through it. And I would never advocate and I've never, I've never been one to advocate what I've done to myself. But, you know, you got to test things out in order to find out, right? And that's yes. why I went. I did my CrossFit cert. I did all these different things and I tested out what was going on, you know, between different diets, training methodologies, all those things, because you can't, you can't talk about something if you've never done it. Right. So, um, but it's, it's, you know, over the past few years in particular, I've definitely made a huge, like 360, 180, whatever you want to call it in terms of a lot of things. And, and, you know, with the industry, the way it is, it's like, you guys are going to figure it out, but 
you know, it's going to be, you're really going to hate yourself for it because it's not, it's not sustainable. It's not good. And, you know, why do you want to feel like shit? Mm-hmm. Why? Right. Well, I think it's a natural evolution of training. And I mean, I, I don't think this is just about it's we're using the name CrossFit because it's the easiest one because it's probably the most popular. If you if you do anything, it's CrossFit now. But exactly. I mean, it's PX90. It's this. It's the, it's it's just really big right now. But it all stems back from. I mean, we've all been through it. Like you said, we, you go through an evolution of training where you go through these no pain, no gain, puke inducing workouts, and then you hopefully learn later. And I mean, I think it does. It comes from that no pain, no gain mentality of, and that's evolved into okay. Now everything. It, we're in America. It always has to be bigger and badder and faster. It's true. So you just keep adding on to that, and where do you go? You but, know, I, you now know, Phil, I think you gotta, anything. you got a weight train, and then, okay, now run 5K, and now jump over a tree, and, you know, it's like, you know, how you know far can funny? we push this thing? Exactly. And the funny thing is, is, like, just because P90X was one of the, like, extreme, um, yeah. they've even come out recently with the, their P90. Mm. So, yeah, yeah it's, so it's not extreme anymore. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying is like I'm very glad that I went and it's I work with some people and I'm around people all the time and, and they're asking me always about training and I watch what they're doing and they just don't listen. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like I can give yeah. you information, I can tell you what's going to come out of just rest, just do this and you will be better at this. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if you keep doing what you're doing right now, you're going to kill yourself and then you're going to yeah. be at a point where you can't you can't train anymore. Yeah. You can't function in, in life anymore. So And that's it. It's just part of that whole it's the mentality of I need it now. And how do I get it now? I do more, 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 more. Nobody wants to sit back and say, Hey, this is a process. You know, if I take six months to get there instead of two weeks, you know, I'll feel better in the long run and I'll be further, you know, and I'll still have the ability to okay, now I can take that next step. Um, yeah. it, it's the thirty minutes to everything mentality that we have now phil as an example let me offer an example of this i had a student the other day and i'm not kidding i mean maybe this is part and parcel of the current you know trend but he said if i need to eat five thousand calories a day to gain can i just do that in one meal and get big at all at once and i'm like (laughs) no no you can't (laughs) it's just like what you're saying with the weights you know you can't do it all at once yeah and you know what though i think that a self-sacrifice for a goal is what makes a goal meaningful Right. That on some level, that's we're all I don't want to say guilty of that, but it's part in parcel. Right. When you right. achieve something great, uh, some self-sacrifice in that process is important. It's just yeah. I think the problem is when it becomes almost pathological and the sacrifice becomes the main point, not performance, because like you were yes. saying, Phil, you're going to be better yeah. if you don't beat yourself into a hole. You're going to be yes. better. And yet the when it the whole goal becomes to beat yourself in the whole look how i can abuse myself that's whack (laughs) i need to be able to come back in two days and do it a little more and then two days later i needed to be able to do a little more it's like anything in life i mean the human body is a machine you can only push it so hard (laughs) before something blows up and that's what people don't understand i mean they just think i gotta get there now you know and that you rest and recovery is a big part of that and it's I think everybody goes through this. We've all been through it. You know, I went through my dumb stages, and I think you, you learn a lot from it. And then you hopefully reach this area where it's, oh, yeah, I should have been resting and recovering a little more. If I had done that 10 years ago, I'd probably be further than I am now. Um, but I don't know how to skip that stage except for with a coach like us people telling you that, but they still don't want to listen usually. Exactly. And so. it's so painful and frustrating because – I just want to like grab them and strangle them and shake them profusely mm-hmm. and be like, just do this because I just, 
I've, I've experienced things yeah. and I've watched other people uh, go through stuff too. And it's like, can you just, just listen? Okay. Just, mm-hmm. just do this. Just, you don't need to do, you know, 35 competitions in a row of high intensity six. I'm not going to name specific things right yeah. now because if anybody hears it, they're going to know I'm talking about them. So, okay. but it's, it's like, you just need to just rest. You know, yeah. what are, what, you know, are you getting paid to do this? Is this your job? And, and, and like, yeah. No, it's just that I get the same frustrating thing. It's everybody wants to walk into a coach, and I'm I'm firmly set on. I'm not going to lie to you when you walk in my door. If you yeah. come in my door and you're a random dude or or girl off the street and say, "I want to make the CrossFit Games next year," well, you're not going to do it. I'm sorry, you're not there. Yeah. You know, we need more time. I like I had a girl walk in here two months ago, and I'm training her now. But she came in and she was like, "Yeah, I want to do a, a figure competition." I heard you worked with some people that have done that. I was like, "Yeah, we can do that." And I said, "You know, you've got potential, this and that." And she's like, "Great, can you get me ready?" I was like, "Yeah, when's your show? What show you're looking for?" Well, it's in four weeks. No. Oh my. God. <laughs> no, I can't. Do right, it. that's you, a flat you know. no. No. Yeah, it's like no. Really? Why not? We're four weeks out. You look like you haven't trained. <laughs> <Yeah. No. laughs> so, I was like, "Let's shoot. Pick one twelve months from now." Right. And let's start talking about it. You know, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I can do something magical. I said, I don't know anybody who can get you ready for that. Sure, I could put you on the stage. You're going to get laughed at. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put an athlete out there that that's just going to get laughed at. It looks bad to me, you know. Right, right. So, and it's that mentality out there now. Everybody, like, decides they want something. They change their whole life in one shot, and they want it now. Nobody wants to pay the time to do it. And I'm sorry, I don't care what sport you're looking at. Mr. Olympia has been training at least 10 years to get there. Most of the people high up in CrossFit were athletes before CrossFit. So they came in with a hell of a base, and now they've trained five years, and now they're winning it. So they've got a decade in, too. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the powerlifters that are winning, they've been at it a long time. The people in the Olympics have been at it a long time. Settle down. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah. You and know? you know what? Uh, uh, bodybuilding, <clears throat> and we're just about out of time, but bodybuilding is so much like that. I can't tell you how many young men, like 19, you know, mm-hmm. they'll come and they'll say, I want to be a pro bodybuilder. I'm like, whoa, they are techs. You know, <laughs> how about how about local champion, then yeah. state, then regional, then yeah. national, <laughs> then maybe pro, you know, when you're 30, you know, or late 20s at the very least, for God's sake. Yes. But And it's a noble goal, and I... I know that passion. I remember it. Yes. Uh, but whether it's not just pay your dues and the stuff that we've talked about before, like you were guys, literally your physique, it's going to take a really long time to add that much muscle. You cannot eat 5,000 calories all at once and just be huge. You cannot be a pro bodybuilder next year, you know, and it's similar, I imagine, you know, with the, the people that want to do the CrossFit or, or get yes. on stage or Any anything. Sport, yeah. Man. Yeah. I think it's, I think with all of this stuff too, and, and, you know, I'm always trying, my goal is I always want to learn more and be better so I can be a better coach and whatever else. And I think that, you know, even with competitions and, and so it's, it needs to be, um, there needs to be less numbers and more quality, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes with coaches too, is, you know, everybody just wants to get people out there and there's all these competitions and just like go, 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 go. And it's, it's not, you know, it, it does. If there was, if there was just less of these federations, just you know, a couple of them, and focusing on good quality training as opposed to just trying to make numbers and make money and make a business out of it, like the the whole uh, quality versus quantity thing with coaching as well as with um, competitions of all kinds. You know, I just right. I wish there was more of that. 
Yeah, that's where the business model sometimes interferes when everybody gets a trophy, you know, because yeah. everybody has to feel good because you want them to come back and try again next year, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. Participation medals, Phil, you and I have talked about this a hundred times, but mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or uh, maybe in powerlifting, they're a little bit looser with the judging or whatever yeah. it is. It, the business model says make the competitors feel good so your competition grows, you get bigger and bigger shows, more money, and but yeah, I, that's not necessarily – the point i think that's business overriding the idea mm -hmm. of athletics you know or something. i don't think it i don't think it helps people in general like i think that you know obviously you don't want to make people feel horrible about themselves and this and that but sure at the same time it doesn't help you to coddle people you know mm -hmm. what i mean and, and just like yes everything's great and wonderful and you're perfect and you know everything you're doing is great it's like Help that person be better in general. If their goal is this, help them to actually achieve that as opposed to just, you know, kind of patting them back, patting them on the back for everything mm -hmm. and making everything achievable and and just kind of reinforcing um, a weak society in general. Oh, my yeah, God. Right. I want to rant you know, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll leave everybody with a Steve Jobs quote. And th this isn't exact. I ha can't remember exactly. But he said, my job is not to make people feel good. It's to make people better. You yeah. know, and that's yeah. kind of what we're yeah. saying there, I think. You know? I love it's, that. It's, it's mental, it's physical, it's everything. Um, that's a, some of my clients just noticed it, sadly, this week. That, uh, like, we had new people come in, and they're like, man, you're really nice to the new people. You, like, call me a dickbag and say my lifts are <laughs> worthless. And I'm like, yeah, but you're, you're past that stage. You know, with the new people, it's I need to slowly build them up physically, but I need to make them mentally better, too. And then when we reach a certain point of, you know, when the body reaches a certain point, okay, now I can safely push you further. I can ask more of your body, but I can also, you know, I've built your head up. Now I can knock you down a little bit and make you fight. You know, it's like, come on, get this, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. quit screwing off. I know you can do it. And with the new people, it's like, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit nicer. And it's sure. like, we're going to build them up all over. Yeah, it's progressive with everything. And nobody wants, everybody wants like, pinnacle today. You know, it's like, no, man, you're not there. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I wanted to say thanks, Melissa, for coming on with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, in fact, uh, <laughs> just based on our email, I'm going to send you a couple more emails because there's more gold to dig out of these. <laughs> I think you have some good opinions <laughs> and experiences uh, on some of this stuff. So yeah. um, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Rob Fortress Fortney, and I have a heavy metal recommendation uh, for our listeners who are um, of the type that like heavier music uh, for motivation for their training or just for listening pleasure. Anyway, um, today I'm going to recommend um, what I consider to be a very heavy, heavy metal band from Germany, uh, Mystic Prophecy. Um, the album I'm going to recommend is called Killhammer. It's their 2013 release, um, which is their newest release, and it's their eighth CD overall. Um, again, it's called Killhammer from 2013 by Mystic Prophecy. Um, this band um, actually featured within its ranks for the first few albums um, a certain Gus G., and anybody who is a heavy metal uh, lunatic like myself or a guitar fan would know that Gus G is 
now the current touring recording guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne. Um, Gus G is a is a um, Greek guitar hero that uh, made his name with a bunch of uh, revered but more underground heavy metal bands of the last like 10, 12 years probably. Um, Mystic Prophecy being one of them. Um, he, of, of course, he hasn't played in the band now for several albums, but um, um, anyway, that's a little trivia side note for you. But um, Mystic Prophecy, Killhammer, 2013. Um, again, it's not outlandishly fast. It's uh, A lot of people would call it power metal. I don't think it's power metal. It's more just traditional heavy metal, but like very contemporary. So it's very heavy, um, great singing, um, the uh, guitar playing is amazing. The uh, lead guitar um, is is very good. Um, they replaced Gus G well. well. Um, you know, it, it. They of course ran the risk of always being um, having future guitar players compared to Gus G uh, negatively because of Gus G and his stature within the heavy metal world. But the lead guitar players that they have now are um, very very good. Um, like I say, it's it's traditional heavy metal, so there's actual singing. It's not, uh, you know, it's not death metal or anything like that. And um, it's just a great album. I think most people would be uh, most um, lucky to find it probably on Amazon or something like that. I don't think going to a CD store of the ones that are still available. Uh, I don't think you're going to find it in those types of stores. Um, but yeah, certainly Amazon, which is where I ordered it from, you can find it. And um, I think it's just a very heavy album. It's melodic, great solos, great singing, great production, um, some great song song titles, Armies of Hell, um, Kill the Beast, um, 300 and Blood, Angels of Fire, Warriors of the Northern Seas set the world on fire. Actually, interestingly enough, on the copy that I have, there's a bonus track um, alluding to Gus G and now playing for Ozzy Osbourne. The bonus track on the, my copy, and I don't know if it, this is available in all copies, but certainly if you're going to buy it, I would look for the one with this. The The bonus track is actually Crazy Train, <coughs> which is, of course is a um, classic Ozzy Osbourne song from his early solo career. Um, and they do a very good version of it. So, anyway, my recommendation, uh, Killhammer by Mystic Prophecy from 2013. Grab it, rock it, then go lift some heavyweights. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.